we're going. Let's you, clear something up real quick. Okay, right now. Right, right fucking, now. Right fucking now, bud. You, I just found out Aaron doesn't like the doors. Yeah. And in this house, because we're in Daddy's house today, <laughs> those are fighting words, Aaron. <laughs> okay. On that note, we'll be right back, folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am. Uh, we're we're doing a podcast. We just did a guest, and now we're at my crib doing a podcast. Yeah, we're mixing it up. It's a bizarro world. We usually do it in Aaron's kitchen, well, his dining room. Yeah, which has been our comfort zone forever. Home base. Now we're doing it in my dining room. Yeah, which is more just a table in in the living room. I mean, it's I guess it's its own room, but really it's just one giant room. But I yeah, mean, it's not giant. You know what I mean. But yeah. anyways, not liking the doors, dude. Well, the fuck. <laughs> I just the fuck. There's just uh, I don't know, man. I just never. I don't know. Like I said, they're junior high, man. I don't know what to say. <laughs> like grades. Um, you know who I like more than the doors? The Beach Boys. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah. You know what that tells me? You're a little too poppy. You like the mainstream Dude, stuff. Brian Wilson was a musical genius, first of all. Jim Morrison was just a guy who sang. All right. I mean, Brian oh, Wilson composes music. All right. He's not even on the same level. It's not even on the same level. They're musically, they're, yeah, one was super poppy. And I mean, they were the Beach Boys, right? And they write yeah. jams for radio right. music. He's right? a composer of dog yeah. shit music. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Uh, yeah, I, we might not be friends after today. I, I'm certain that you couldn't find anybody in the musical world that's an actual musician that thinks that Jim Morrison could hold a candle to Brian Wilson. I'll just say that. <laughs> Challenge accepted. All right, let's move on from this. This is a podcast called Aaron's Dumb. <laughs> and on this podcast, every episode, we find out more and more that Aaron and I don't like a lot of stuff mutually. We thought that, hey. My dog like, is also attacking yeah, Aaron. My wife was like, hey, you guys have this bromance going on. And then come to find out Kyle is living life wrong, <laughs> yeah. basically. And friendship off. Oh, man. So anyways, welcome to Recovered AF. This is another episode with, you know, Aaron and me, Kyle. Um, we we're, Today, we don't have a topic. We're nope. going to let the spirit move us. Yeah. And so, and the reason why some of that might be is because um, Kyle has a life and he's going to be out of town next weekend but we have to put out an episode next weekend but we just got done recording one earlier today with our buddy Rhett that'll be out by the time this comes out mm -hmm. we need to release something next weekend yes and so we were like well i guess let's sit down and talk yep and kyle said this is a recovered af and all we've talked about is how musically the beach boys were superior to the doors <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> And uh, and and you guys are like, and it's supposed to be like a recovery podcast. Um, so, but we talk about whatever the fuck we want. That's true. We have well, we did a step exploration, then we followed it up with two guests. So now you get one of me and Aaron, and wherever the conversation takes us, which is honestly, these are my favorite. The pod, yeah. the guest ones are great, and I love like Rhett's was really that's the most recent one. So that one was fiery, and he was uh. 
he's an infectious personality. Yeah, man. He, but um, the ones where you and I get to just do our thing are are fun for me. I like these because yeah. it, it tends to end up being what you and I's conversations are like when we're not recording. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like you and I talk a few times a week, and it usually starts out with us joking around, and then we end up talking about something that's going on. Yeah, this is pretty much a mirror of that. Yeah. So. Except for that you were pretty busy, and so now this is just when we do it for an hour yeah, or so. Exactly. Yeah, so that makes sense. But yeah, dude, so what's popping? What's going on in... Let me give a disclaimer real Kuna's, quick. Yeah, because we'll probably talk about some 12-step yeah. related. Because how Colin and I met is um, we're both in 12-step programs, um, and so we need to just say that we're not affiliated with those. This podcast is not affiliated with those 12-step programs. Um, we don't represent any 12-step programs. We don't speak for any 12-step programs. And uh, so this is just a Recovered AF podcast. Um, we recovered by taking the 12 steps, but that doesn't certainly mean that we're repping those those things because they don't have representatives. Or spokespeople. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty good disclaimer. Yeah, I, I go to Gold's several times a week, but they're not asking me to rep them. So. Yes, I love analogies. Yeah. Yeah, so just, what you say isn't that. a representation of Gold's Gym. That's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just like it's not a representation of 12-step. Now you're getting it. All right. Now we got it. We're cooking now, dude. And we're here with Finn today. So instead of my dogs um, going in and out of the dog door in the background or sometimes barking wildly. Poncho's huge hanger. <laughs> yep. Uh, now you get my dog who... Now we get Finn who's tamed. Like the first time I came over to watch UFC, he was absolutely enthralled with putting his paws in my junk mm-hmm. and he did that all night yes and then chewed on my forearm yep and now he was just like hey buddy and and now he just seems to be he's like a dog now. yeah yeah he's not really that concerned anymore lots of hard work yeah and he's growing up but it's hard work a lot of beatings too i imagine huh that's I've, how we do it with our dogs uh, just beat them really that. <laughs> uh no we uh we work him a lot and exercise him a ton because he has a lot of golden retriever in him and so i don't know if you know anything about golden retrievers but the common denominator is that they jump a lot and they're very high energy and that would sum up my dog in a nutshell <laughs> yeah. he jumps a lot and has high yeah. energy yeah. so we uh we exercise him regularly. So I took a shot right to the nuts yesterday from a guy mm-hmm. uh, two days ago. <laughs> I was going up to his house with his box, and he was coming home with his two dogs and his German Shepherd while I'm holding his 40-pound packages. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I couldn't even defend myself. I just let out a, ooh. <laughs> he was like, yes. He said, sorry about that. He's got this thing where he just goes right for the jewels or something like that. And I was like... <laughs> Cool, man. That's so funny. Take Thanks. Your, here's your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he has gotten, Finn has gotten much, much better. He's still energetic and curious and loud, and but he's cuddly and very, very, very more mild than he used to be. I'm curious when you take him out for like a five, six mile run afterwards, how long he's down before he regenerates and it's the same spazoid he was before yeah it's not that your dog you know i know what you mean though yeah it's tough we did five miles a a few days ago and finley stop dropping that or i'm gonna pick it up stop we did five miles and he'll he'll veg out for a couple hours but then if you got up and were like we're going for a run he would go again okay yeah he's 
He's got so much energy, it's crazy. I'm going to take the ball. I don't know if it'll be able to hear it on that. Did you, pa- did you pause it? No, we're uh, good. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it on the recording. I hope not. But, uh-huh. um, but yeah, so he's pretty energetic, and then he'll rest. But then, like, if he's playing, like, uh, we when we went to Estes the other weekend, we went to Estes and went up there and snowshoed and did a bunch of stuff, and he stayed here with other dogs. He stayed at uh, Megan's sister's, and they have three dogs, so he stayed there. He came home and he was comatose for like three days. Nice. Yeah, he was done for. He didn't want to run. He didn't want to get up. He was laying around all day. So we used to have an English pointer. Her name was Bella, and uh, she, uh, when Amber went to college, she stayed with um, Amber's folks, and she got a little chubby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, then I took her pheasant hunting, and it was before she was even my dog. Amber and I were just dating, but I knew she was a pointer, and I didn't know if she would pheasant hunt or not. So we took her and. And she, I mean, she, you know, walked out in front of us and did, we never found any birds, but at some point we had lunch and everything and we had hunted pretty hard in the morning and then we got to get out of the truck later in the afternoon and she was like, uh-uh, yeah. ain't <laughs> doing it. She's like, not a chance, I ain't dude. going nowhere. That's so awesome. Yeah. 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 He's still, uh, he turned two just a little while ago, so he's got quite a bit of puppy energy in him still he's pretty chill yeah he's mellowed out a lot oh. my, my parents have a chocolate lab that's i think about a year maybe now i don't know but she's insane yeah like she does not respond to anything mm. as far as instruction mm-hmm. whether it be physical <laughs> or verbal <laughs> yeah that's so funny. she doesn't care yeah i'm not I'm, she may not have any pain sensors i don't know right it's dogs are fucking tough man yeah they are yeah i always talk it's funny i always talk to my sponsor about dogs because um, I'm on this kick. I should just shut up about it. But we always talk about this illusion of control. Yeah. And with dogs, it's that. It's like somewhere in my mind, I think I have control over what my dog does. And it's I don't. And he says it's like that with kids and, and all kinds of... I mean, everything in life, it ends up being the same thing. It's yeah. like, oh, I think that I am going to make him better. But really, I think Megan and I just lucked out and got a good dog. Yeah. He responds pretty well. And yeah. we, we try, but... I don't know. Yeah, like our dogs uh, are, are well met. Like they don't ever they no, potty train. Well pretty, behaved, yeah, yeah, right. And they they never cause any trouble. Like sometimes Amber's siblings' dogs will go in her parents' house, and our dogs don't. And mm-hmm. they're just and they listen really well. If we, if, the one thing though that we cannot, no matter what, is if the, somebody comes to the door, we cannot make them not bark. Yeah. And, and be protective. Like when Megan was there mm-hmm. last week, I thought that one of them was going to bite her. Yeah. It scared the hell out of me. Yeah, they're your dog. I think that's just the breed, though, too. It is the breed. Yeah, they're like uh, protective and vocal. Yes, yeah. vocal. Mm-hmm. That's their that's their defense mechanism. Yeah, it makes sense. With a small dog, they're going to need to do something else. Yeah, they alert us. Mm-hmm. Hey. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. They're good dogs, though. So now we've talked about dogs and music. Your poor taste in music, more likely. <laughs> but, uh, but I figure I only like good music, though. Yeah. It's <laughs> well, true. I'm sure. Uh, so what else is going on, dude? What do you, what do you got going? What, uh, what did you guys do for New Year's in... Uh, I guess we talked about that. With yeah, Megan, we did. So, we huh? talked about that. Did you have a good holidays? Yes. Good. It was um, nice. Like I didn't. The one thing it's weird how my my life changes. The one thing I wanted to do for Christmas was um, be around my family 
um, my mom's, uh, my cousins that have all been on the podcast, or mm-hmm. well, I guess I've only had one on, but because um, like my mother was the oldest of six children, and now there are only two children left: her and her younger sister. All wow. three of my uncles are dead, and one of my aunts is dead. Wow. Yeah, and I just really am close to that family, and so like we get together, they get together on Christmas Eve, but a lot of years. Uh, I can't make it because of my job mm. on Christmas Eve entails working. And uh, I remember thinking we used to go to my uncle's house because he lived in Cheyenne, and then he, he moved to Denver, and he was going to move back to Cheyenne when he retired. And I remember being – I just couldn't wait for him to retire so that we could have – so that I could be around them on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And then he went up and had a heart attack and died. Jeez. And so that was the end of that. And so then his, his daughters took on the tradition, but they live – one less clear at the fucking south end of Denver. Yeah. Anyway, and so like the one thing that I wanted to do was see them, and I didn't know if I was going to be able to, and so we ended up getting down there only for an hour, but getting to be around all of them, and it's just different how much my perspective on those kinds of things have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously as a kid, you look forward to getting stuff for, for Christmas, you mm-hmm. know, and then. Amber and I not having kids makes a dynamic. That's like the one day of year I wish I had kids because I, I like watching kids open presents. Right. And so, but the dynamic of what Christmas means to me is like getting to see those people. And that was the one thing that I didn't think of because it, it looked like I was going to might be at work too late and mm-hmm. miss them. And like I was starting to get pretty upset about it. But it's just weird that the thing I want to do is go down and be around my family. And that's what I look forward to. And that's just a weird a weird experience for me. Yeah, dude. I, uh, the holiday, I, I have a lot of, uh, drinking history around the holidays. Like I get in lots of trouble around the holidays, which I think is well documented on this podcast. <laughs> Spent several black Fridays in the clink. Yeah. And I've, uh, you know, I, I had a pretty gnarly accident like two to two or three days before Christmas one year. And, and that kind of soured Christmas for my family and stuff. So I, uh, it is nice to be able to be there and then like be present and, and like have fun and not be just like hating every moment of it or waiting to get out of there. You know what I mean? So that is one nice thing that I have experienced get down is that my perspective around being around my family all the time, but like the holidays really around all of that is much different. And, And like my family, we did, we do Christmas Eve at, my cousins every year down in in Windsor and there was like 14 of us trying to play a card game and it just it was kind of chaotic and the old me would have just been like crawling in my skin like (laughs) oh my god and it was like I had a great time and it it was fun like I don't know it's nice to be be there for those things instead of physically being there but wanting to be anywhere else you know today I'm like that's where I want to be I want to hang out there I want to do that stuff so yeah I distinctly remember one Christmas Eve out of my uncle's house when he was still alive and <clears throat> my other uncles were still alive and one of them was anyway, but he was dope sick and I had a, I had enough Roxy's to like get me through that night and the next day and then I was going to be out, but I felt terrible for him for being dope sick. So I'm like trying to decide whether or not I was going to throw him down a Roxy so that he didn't have to be dope sick. <laughs> And I think it was like, oh, it's Christmas or something like that. But the world I used to live in would be like part with one of my Roxy's so my uncle doesn't have to be dope sick. Right. And that just means I'm going to be dope sick a little (laughs) earlier. 
Oh, and that's how holidays used to look. Yeah, that's quite different than today. It is. That's nice. Yeah. I have a hard time picturing that, Aaron. Really? Because I've never met you that yeah. way, you know? Yeah. So the only Aaron I know is one that is desperate to get sober, and then the guy that I know now, you know, that's yeah. the only Aaron I know. Yeah. So it's interesting to we talk about that a lot, but never between you and I. It's always with like a guest where yeah. it's like, I can't imagine. But yeah, it's hard for me to envision you strung out or just a shell of yourself because you're so under the influence. Yeah, I'm an entirely different, or I, I was an entirely different. My And that's what I guess I was thinking about it in the week too is like, uh, Anybody that's seen Stranger Things, it's pretty, I'm sure a lot of people have seen it, but like the thing about it is, is when I drink or when I drug, it's not just the drink or the drug. Mm -hmm. It is like a parasite with that drink or with that drug then moves its way through my body and my entire existence until I am not even the same person anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it invades my brain my soul my entire being to where i'm just not the same i don't even know the way to explain it man yeah yeah i uh i even get like a different look you know what i mean like a like a not like physically yeah i get all like swelled up and bloated and red and stuff but like just like a different look in my eyes and stuff yes you know and that i that's one thing people who haven't seen me in quite some time that's usually the first thing that they'll say like that haven't seen me since i've been drinking even though it's been years now they're like wow you look you look really good yeah (laughs) you know like and not for me i haven't physically transformed that much but it's like just a different look that i have and a a that's like what i hear a lot is like wow you you look really good not that you know what I mean, though. Like, I just you I was don't look, even look the same guy. I was looking at a picture of myself that was taken not too long before I got sober, and I was just dead in the eyes. I mean, not mm-hmm. not only was I physically unhealthy, but I had this smile on that I was clearly forcing on, and I was just de- I can just tell I was just dead in the eyes. Yeah. And I look at pictures of myself now. I, I took one of all of us before we did that triathlon, and it's one that I really like because I'm just I don't know. I, I'm you have happy. life in you. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. There's something coming through me that's, I don't know, yeah. not, I can tell a difference. And other people can too, though. Like you said, I ran into my friend Jen and she was like, you're absolutely glowing. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm happy to be alive these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing I hear somewhat regularly is just like you, uh, you look happy. I remember people used to always say, you used to look so sad. It's <laughs> like, ugh, that's awful. Yeah. That's the way to go through the world. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, that guy just looks sad, you know? And uh, same thing, like forced happiness or whatever, you know, which is just phony. You can see right through it. That fake smile. Yeah, where you're just like, huh. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, dude, Finley. He's all up on you, (laughs) isn't he? He's starting to lick. Yeah. I'm like, "Mm, I don't know about the licking, though. I can go put him outside. Uh, He's okay. He's He's okay, boy. Freaking peace. So, um, so what else is going on? How's the sponsees? Sponsee. Ah, uh, man, I, uh, I am. Um, we haven't met in a few weeks. I yeah. think. Yeah, I uh, think I, he's he's 
experienced a stall maybe that a lot of us experience. And I, but what it's been, what it means to me is um, God has instilled in me. I think I've made it clear on this podcast many a times that meetings are my least favorite part of this program. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, I have been moved to attend more. And yeah. so that means that <laughs> that's not coming from me. It's yeah. probably coming from God. And so I think it's a good idea for me to get out there and um, make myself available to sponsor people, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just uh, not something I want to do. Yeah. Well, and you have, you're very well spoken and have a lot of good insight. The recovery community is better off if you're in it. I don't know I'm about not that. trying to uh, inflate your ego too much, but Hell. I know the few meetings that we're at together, I usually get a lot out of your insight. Oh, so good. I I know other people feel the same way. So it it I would I'm a huge proponent of you getting back out there. Yeah, get back I, out there, kid. I just um so we had this thing in my home group. You know, we were talking a person that was there, and and then I. You know, I thought maybe at the time we could talk about this on the podcast because um, meetings are very um, stressed in some circles. You know, mm-hmm. we hear things like go to 90 meetings in 90 days and mm-hmm. and um, meeting makers make it. Mm-hmm. And uh, meeting attendance is, is very um, emphasized. Yes. And... Um, and so and there's a, a gent there that's somewhat new to 12-step, and, and we were talking about it, and he was had been upset because he had been a place where they had just called on people and just didn't open it up for anybody to talk. And I was like, you know, this is this is how our meeting is set up as well. It's a call-on meeting, and he seemed bothered and offended by it, and, and his thing was that he was in a bad headspace, and he needed, he needed to share that, and he needed to get that out. And mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty common philosophy in 12-step programs and this is why we say that we we're all having different experiences and that why kyle and i aren't repping any one way right um because i don't think that's beneficial at all (laughs) no and the reason why that is is um that's just what it was what is the thing sharing the sharing the mess or something like that right i don't know what it's talking about but a rep made reference to it like holding 30 unwilling people hostage with my shit. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, there's no solution in that. Mm-hmm. I've lived my life just talking word vomit about all of the shit that went, that's going wrong in my life. That's how I lived. Yeah. I never got any better. Right. Because like if it's, it, I, I speak in analogies and it's like, if I think going to the gym for an hour and talking about other people working out, is going to get me in shape, um, you would fucking commit me. Right. Right? Yeah. I have to lift weights and exercise and probably eat a little bit differently. Right. Going to a simple place, there's time for talking. I do it with you. Mm-hmm. I, t- I do 10 steps. Oh, yeah. I do it with my sponsor. I have a trauma therapist. There's a time and a place for talking for sure. Yes. Um, but it's backed with action. Right. Well, and I think like uh, the, the importance of a meeting is to find recovery from alcoholism or addiction. Yes. And so the way like you and I have both kind of been explained and walked through and shown in the program is like, that's what that meeting is there for is the solution to alcoholism and addiction. Mm -hmm. 
and and if I if I've done the work and recovered, then then my my role there is to share that solution. Bingo. And if I'm there and I am having a hard time, my role is to listen for the solution. Mm-hmm. You know. And then then therein lies the two philosophies. We come from the philosophy is that the meetings are a place to share. Our, our solution with the recovery who have yet to find it. Right. And some people, a, l- a lot of people believe the purpose of a meeting is to go share the problem, all and, of the problems you're having and get it out. And right? then, and then, yeah, either get it out or like look for a think tank style thing. Where yeah. We might get some answers. And, yeah, that's right. Right. That happens a lot too, where um, a person will go in and they'll show this thing, this problem what they're having in their life with a relationship or Whatever mm-hmm. I don't know, and then and then several people then go share, um, tell them what they think they should do. Yes, and um, and um, I don't want to go into a room full of some of the sickest people in the world and look for advice. Right. When my literature tells me that what I am supposed, what what I need is a direct relationship with God. Yes. And I am to look to God in all things. Yes. All things, right? And right. sometimes God does speak through people. I'm not saying that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. I, you know, God does speak through people. And, and some people, when I hear them share, they open my mind and my eyes up to something I had never considered. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, they're never telling me what to do. They're sharing their own experience with what they have done. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. There's a difference. Yeah, a big one. And um, so for you, the I'm having problem with this. When is when is that the conversation you have? Like for me, I typically will have that when I meet with my sponsor once a week. Yeah. And I'm like, look, man, I'm really struggling with this. And then we'll walk through it. And what what's nice about doing that with my sponsor is he generally keeps his opinions to himself and will still just kind of point out errors in my thinking or where I'm starting to return to self or whatever, yeah. you know, I don't very, I don't think I get opinions from anyone I talk to. No. Um, like, uh, the one I was just thinking popped in my head when we were talking about this was my cousin, Amy, who's been on the podcast. So mm-hmm. I'll do that with her. Uh, and it's a 10th step, right? That's, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. When I'm having problems and something's not jiving out, um, so I call her with a 10 step. She'll, you know, I'll, I'll give her the whole scenario and then she'll ask me for where my selfishness was and where my dishonesty was. And if I don't know, she'll tell me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times I don't want to hear it. But one thing that's, that's beneficial about her is after we go through the 10 step process, when I look for my, you know, selfishness and dishonesty and, and all of that kind of stuff. If there's something else that she sees as a professional that's trauma related, mm-hmm. she'll say, "Hey, there's this other part. I would suggest talking to your trauma therapist that's cool. about." Yeah, yeah. And so then she like that's that's not her part, right? That's not her role is to work through your trauma. Be a clinician for yeah, me, right? That's not what she does. That's cool. Yeah, she's a tenth step partner, right? Yeah, and yeah. So. Um, and so, yeah, or, or I'll call you, you know, and we talked about it with Megan last week. You'll, you're good at um, helping me see the big picture, and especially when I call you. I, I like to call you with work ones mm-hmm. because you, you have a supervisory role. And yes. I'm unable to empathize with my supervisors most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so you can come at it with that, that point of view. Yes. So that's good to have. And so the problem, so to, to answer your question now that I've already gone on and on about <laughs> it, 
is the, yeah, like I, I like to talk about the problem outside of the meeting, and then I like to go into the meeting and say, hey, I had this problem. Um, I applied this solution. Okay. A was the problem. B with the solution, and C is the outcome. Now that I'm sharing with you, right? And make of it with you, and, and try it or don't try it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and that would make sense because then what's happening is you're actively working a program, and then sharing the results of the, working a program in a meeting. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. is kind of for you and I what we're looking for in a meeting, right? Our, our book says that experience is a thing of supreme value, and it says um, make use of our experience, and it mm-hmm. uses the word experience a lot. Yes. You know, like we share our experiences. Like our that's, you know, right? Yeah. We share, where it's an experience sharing program, and I think that's what I find beneficial, you mm-hmm. know, and, and so, and, and I think that what turns me off to meetings is when they become opinion sharing programs. Yes. Um, because that's based on whatever, you know, that's, that could be based on anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a, like, I don't have a problem with those things. Right. Um, I don't have a problem with somebody that comes in and wants to run their own program. I just don't understand why they're in a 12 step program. Right. You know, we have, we have our own thing. We have a thing. It works. It works good. If you don't want to do that, fucking cool as shit, man. Yes. I, I don't want you to do it either. Yeah. But why are you here? <laughs> you right. Know what I mean, yeah. why are you I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. I was, we had, we had a, someone at our, in our home group that came and, uh, started, was sharing and, and shared through the whole meeting about like a different approach and all of this stuff while we were like in, in the meeting and, um, you know, some different philosophies and stuff. And it was really cool for me to watch because of course my initial reaction is like, not up in here, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I like start taking ownership of the group and like, well, this is, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't say anything, which is the best I could muster was just don't, don't comment on it. But I was able to watch a gentleman that's a home group member where I am. And he kind of took that guy after the meeting and talked to him and was really friendly and um, kind of explained to him like, Hey man, that's all cool. And like, that's really good. You know, I think it's cool that you're maybe having that. But when, when we're here, this is kind of the only thing we're doing. Mm. And, uh, if, if you're looking for other stuff or trying to help people that isn't through this way, maybe try a different Avenue. And he, he did it in a way that I was really inspired by because I don't have the, um, tolerance or, maybe the kindness to be able to do it that way. So it was really a cool wa- learning experience yeah. to watch that unfold. And and he didn't take it to heart. And like he just kind of did it in a way. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. And that's how it's supposed to be done. Yes. Not like in my past, I've done it the opposite where I like try to uh, shame them or make them feel stupid for, for doing something that isn't what we're doing. And and it's blown up in my face. You know what I mean? Get up on that soapbox. Yeah, exactly. Well, what we do here is, yeah. and like kind of turn it into me being an asshole trying to educate this guy. And I watched it happen another way. And this guy hasn't been on the podcast yet, but we're going to get him on. And then I'll talk, I'll tell him this story again. But I was really, afterwards I went up and I just said, you handled that so much better than I would have. It was really a nice thing to do. I was, I was really blown away by it. And that's where I later I'd realized I'd failed because in, in the moment it was you know it was before our meeting we were just sitting around I just got I got really uncomfortable I started sweating and I just sort of shut down and I was like I just all I said was like 
our meeting is a call on meeting and, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, later I wish I, I would have, cause we still had plenty of time explain to him why we set it up the way we did, Yeah, you know? And, and I think that's a good way to do it is just say, well, I don't know what other people are doing, but this is why we're doing what we're doing. Yes. And, um, cause he had also had a native experience in another fellowship where, um, they had asked for amount, uh, announcements, uh, re- relating to pertaining to their fellowship. And he had announced something about a, a sober New Year's Eve get together that mm. was not affiliated with our twelve step program and somebody lit his ass up. Uh-huh. And uh obviously that's not I I understand I don't know. That's just I, I understand the old school approach, you know, and not taking any shit and yeah. and uh but I also know how I don't like to be talked to. Right. And if you publicly embarrass me and if you talk down to me it's not going to, I'm not going to return. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Yeah. And so it probably would have been a good opportunity for me to say, you know, I don't know about, you know, all of that other stuff, but, you know, I can tell you why we set ours up the way we did. And th- and I'll just, might as well explain that right now. Like the reason why our meeting is a call on meeting is because, um, so our preamble says, you know, we, we would like you to, um, if, you, if you, anyone's welcome here, um, we ask that you keep your share brief and and solution focused and on topic, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, and and so the reason why ours is a call on meeting is, you know, if I have people that are regular attendees of the group that I know have been through the work or, or share that solution that we talked about earlier in, right. in this podcast. And um, if things go off the rails a little bit and, you know, and we get somebody that's not used to our, our format and they want to talk about, you know, uh, grandma's dog dying mm-hmm. or, or, or get off the track or just don't have any experience, um, I'm not going to, like, be that person and shut them down and be like, hey, you know, but what, what I will do is I'll, I'll call on somebody next that is on topic that I know is going to be on topic and we can get things back to the focus because you know we have an hour we yes. have an hour there my yeah. readings only run 30 minutes but right so this is my Which hour is the best this is my hour of recovery time for the week this is my hour of my um my people yeah sharing sit the around solution. And talk about the solution mm-hmm. and that's what it's designated for and that's what i would like to use it for and that's what my group members have voted it's not me that's right. what my group members have voted to use it for mm-hmm. And so uh, on, in a call-on meeting, we can use that to redirect the meeting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I used to really... Who helped me with that a lot was Jeff. Yeah. Because I used to chair a meeting, and and I would let it... It would just go wherever it went. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Which happens all the time. And, it, like, for me, it was just inexperience as a chairperson that um, it would go off the rails. And then what I have personally seen and experienced is... Sometimes it just keeps going. Yeah. You know, you're like, I'm hoping someone is going to share and bring yeah. this thing back, and it just keeps going, taking a farther and farther left yeah. turn. Yeah, inspires the other person. Yeah, and so then it's kind of like, well, this is a lost meeting. And and Jeff used to really help me with that, and he would just say, like, you know, it's the responsibility of the chairperson to, to keep the meeting on track, to keep it moving, to keep it as f- fulfilled as you can because it is only one hour. Yeah. And so... He helped me with that. So, like, my own chair, like, I chair a meeting once a month at my home group, and I don't, it essentially turns into a call-on meeting mm-hmm. just because if uh, I'll call on someone after I'll pick the topic, I'll share about the topic I picked as the meeting, and then 
I'll give it a cup like a you know a little break and if no one's jumping at the bit i just start calling on people yeah and then it just kind of flows and then if someone does decide they want to share on their own they're more than willing to and then if it starts to waver off of the topic i will immediately call on someone again to just kind of bring it back in and i think for what you and i have both experienced like you were saying is it keeps the meeting tight you know yeah and like okay we're running smooth it's running we have solution. I know this guy has had this experience with the 11th step or whatever the topic is. So I'm going to call that guy next to get this thing cruising back in, you know? And, and the other thing I was thinking of too is, you know, if somebody's out there listening and they're like, but what about that guy that is in the bad headspace that does need to talk to somebody? Um, you know, what's wrong with letting him share? Um, the thing about that is, is, there may be 30 other people in that meeting. Mm-hmm. What about them? Right. Why is he more important than them? Right. There might be 30 other people waiting to hear about a solution, but we're going to take 15 minutes because this guy's in a bad headspace. Yes. He's more than welcome to come. I'm there half an hour before the meeting. Yeah. I'm there half an hour before the meeting. Mm-hmm. More than welcome to come talk to me about what's going on. Yeah. We stay after the meeting, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. At your meeting, we usually end up hanging out for 15, 20 minutes after yeah. just shooting the shit and plenty of time yeah there's no reason to take up 30 other people's time with one person's thing Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah and uh yeah so that's well and also that just reinforces from you and i's perspective and again people are going to disagree some but like it's not a group therapy thing so it's not we're working on one individual's problem yeah you know what i mean it's like we're the problem is we're addicts and alcoholics and we're we're sharing the solution to that mm-hmm. problem not one individual thing cuz then it just gets into the weeds yeah and it just kind of gets out there and it opens the door what i have found and i have been guilty of this just as much as anybody else is it opens the door for unsolicited advice or opinions because the moment someone starts talking about something my mind tends to go, oh, well, you know what I would do? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, now I'm not in experience anymore. I'm in opinion opinion sharing and giving advice where, like you said, I'm not the best person to give advice. Like, if you look at my own life, I have had horrible problems with money in my past. I've Until now, I haven't had a good relationship. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm probably not someone you want advice from. Bingo. And like this has happened to me, and I think I mentioned it once on this podcast, but so Amber and I did this thing because she was also in the family program yes. at the time, and then I was in our, and when we, we were invited to be a group of, uh, be a part of a, a, a small group of couples. This was outside the fellowship because this was an invitation only thing, mm-hmm. and they had rules, and you had to be, have a sponsor, you had to be part of a 12-step program, and then um, we would pick a topic. It was usually out of one of the concepts or the traditions mm-hmm. we would read up on it and then we would go and meet as a group and we would share our experience about that thing um and so amber had been talking about it with somebody before or after one of her meetings and this person <clears throat> he was not married he was not in a relationship mm-hmm. and um unsolicited told my wife that you need to keep your program separate from your husband's and that you guys shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing and participating in that thing. Mm-hmm. Mike says the guy who's never been in a relationship, a successful right. relationship in his life has, 
you know, the need to come in and jump in here and share his opinion on what he thinks that somebody else should be doing with their time. And right. that's what it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and that's, I mean, that's cool, but my experience is otherwise. And that group was absolutely invaluable. And Amber doesn't miss a lot about being in the family program, but mm-hmm. what she does miss is that couples group. Oh, I bet. Yeah. It yeah. was, we grew so much from that mm-hmm. to sit around with another group of couples. And it just so happened. They didn't have to be all like, um, family group and AA or whatever, but that's the way it just happened to work out. And what we, we learned that other couples struggle with the same things that we were like, we were able to identify and be a part of something yes. and, and also have that common solution. It was fantastic. Yeah. You know? But had Amber listened to this unsolicited advice, maybe that doesn't happen based on somebody who has no experience with any of that shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that can happen in a lot of different areas in the 12 step world. And that's why Again, to make things simple, we just talk about what we've actually experienced as it relates to recovery yeah, and, and nothing more. And I, I openly say this all the time at meetings. Like, I am the only thing that I'm qualified to do is go through the 12 steps. Yes. I don't really have. And, yes. like, you don't want much else than that because what I did was go through those steps and everything that's happened after that isn't really me anyways. You know, right. that's, that's God working in my yes. life. So, like, I know how to go through the work and I know how to take someone through the work. But I, even with sponsees, even one-on-one, I, even me and you, you know, you and I are good friends. I tend to really try not to give you advice in anything. I Megan was joking the other day, like, I, I don't really even give her advice. Yeah. I try not to. I used to give her a lot of unsolicited <laughs> advice. And today it's like... You know, like I really don't. I, yeah. don't. I don't know, and I don't need to know. What I know how to do is the solution and, yes. and and apply that. And so, at a meeting level, I try to just stick to that. And like you know, same thing with my sponsees. Like I just want to get them back into the steps. Mm-hmm. Well, did you do a ten step on it? Well, are you know, how's your prayer and meditation on it? Or do you need to write inventory on it? Because yes. here's the thing. I'm supposed to pray for, you know, knowledge of God's will for me each day and the power to carry that out, right? For Mm -hmm. me, right? If I don't have any idea every morning what the hell God's supposed to be doing for me, what the hell I'm (laughs) supposed to be doing, and I've got to pray daily for God's, you know, knowledge of God's will for me, who who the hell am I to think I know what anybody else should be doing? Right. I mean, that's insane. Mm -hmm. I I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I keep that uh, to a minimum as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And and what I have found is the meetings that stick to that format have tended to yield successful recovery. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying other people don't get sober at other places. I've seen that happen dozens and dozens and dozens of times. What I have just found is, like, in my own experience at my own home group, we put a very large emphasis on going through the work with a sponsor and working with others. And in the last couple of years, I've seen our group like triple in size. Yeah. So I think too, like what your group does well is like the sponsorship thing. Like, so my group is actually shrinking. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of my girl, Ryan, he's been on the podcast. I can say his name. He does a good job of sponsoring other people. And so, when we have grown, it has largely been through the people that he's brought. And then mm-hmm. for one circumstance or another, you know, whether it's, you know, one, you know, had to face some, had to face some repercussions and, and one, um, you know, just got busy. And then mm-hmm. I, anyway, I don't want to talk about what they're, yeah. but, um, and then, um, I sponsored one person 
and he was, you know, uh, unsuccessful in finding someone else. And then I haven't gone and found anyone else. And so our group isn't growing because mm-hmm. we're not sponsoring people. And now other groups, maybe, maybe, I don't know, there's, there's a pretty popular group in town and it, sponsorship isn't, maybe, I don't know. Like, so maybe, maybe I don't know. But I know that our group, my group isn't growing because of, um, I haven't been a good enough job of sponsoring people. Hmm. That's, I mean, Ultimately, it's up to God, right? But I can't. God can't work if I'm not through me. If I'm not doing anything, yeah. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And in that aspect, I'm a hundred percent. I haven't been doing anything, mm-hmm. and so. But like, my point is, your your group growing has grown through sponsorship. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's the you know it's the rule of you know one person, and then there's two people, then there's four people, and so on and so forth. Yes. One thing that has been really cool to see, like at our home group, I was just there on Thursday. There was like 20 people there, and like 16, maybe not that much, 12 of them were home group members. Mm -hmm. But I think Jeff even made a comment to you, like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of sponsorship going on in that one room. Yes. So, you know, there's me who's sponsoring this guy who's sponsoring these two guys and those two guys have a sponsee there and then there's another guy who's sponsoring a different guy who has his sponsee it was like there was a lot of sponsorship going on mm-hmm. and to to your point yeah that is that is what has happened with our group is mm-hmm. that it, the sponsorship has kind of been and what what's cool that I can look at is a couple of years ago we voted as a group conscience to start announcing if you're right after asking if there's newcomers that that would like to introduce themselves announcing right after that and your group does this and this Mm -hmm. is where the idea kind of came that i was like we need to do that Mm -hmm. was raise your hand if you have the time and willingness and have been through the work and are willing to sponsor someone Mm -hmm. and when we started doing that it i don't know if it's just pure coincidence or it seems like our group has just kind of exploded since then well oughtn't we be Yes. Taking the responsibility <laughs> off of the new person. To figure out who's done it. Yeah, <laughs> and put it on our, the onus on us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I heard a speaker say this one time. Could you imagine if Bill was like, oh, in 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 Akron and heard like somebody wants to get sober and was like, oh, well, he's got to call me. Yeah. Could you imagine? Right. What did he do? He went to the guy's house and mm-hmm. he sat there and he talked to him, right? Like new people come in. They don't know what the fuck is going on. Exactly. They're new. Take you, for example. You'd never experienced the 12-step world. You didn't know what it was. You had no idea what a sponsor was Not or what thing. they do. Yeah. Right? Right. Wouldn't it be nice to walk into a place, everybody says, get a sponsor and go to meetings. And you're like, okay, I don't know what that is. Wouldn't it be nice if you went to a group and they were like, hey, we're willing to sponsor and everybody willing to sponsor raised their hand and mm-hmm. you know that they had done the 12 steps and had a spiritual experience so you know who was also ready to sponsor yes yeah like that's what i like about your group right that's why we say it that group jeff and i used to go down to in loveland and that we've had you know ken on and mm-hmm. i don't think lane lane's a, mem- a home group member but anyway they they do the same thing right like Raise your hand. It says, there says like, um, you know, if you're new and looking for a sponsor, it may be in your best interest to talk to one of these people. Yeah, that's... And they raise their hand. That's right? perfect, yeah. Yeah, it may, you know, they're not telling you what to do. It may be in your best interest. One of those suggestions. Yeah, yeah. right. And so like, the, you know, like it's... Uh, the, I, I'm not... Sur- I'm unsurprised that, 
your group has grown because uh, it's not the, it shouldn't be the responsibility of the new people. It's my responsibility to make myself available to the new person. Right. And so, I don't want to be aggressive. I don't want to like be in his face. You know, but our book says not to do that, right? Mm-hmm. It says to let them. But hey, if you're here and you're ready, I can help you. Right. I am, and then we have that conversation. Then you talked about where, what are, what am I qualified to do? Well, just take you through the steps. Yep. If you need a lawyer, we can get you one of those. Right. If you need this, we can get you one of those. I'm none of those things yep. for good reason. Exactly. Probably if you need to find an address, I might be able to help you out with that. But we have <laughs> yeah. Google Maps now, so we <laughs> yeah. don't need that. But yeah, that's what I have seen is uh, it. Uh, well, and like getting a sponsor. Every single person I know seems to have a story of the struggle with that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I've yet to meet someone that's just like, oh, I walked in and I was fucking in love. And I was (laughs) like, yeah, hell yeah, I want a sponsor. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's easy to ask for help. I'll just uh, talk to that guy. You know, it's like most people that I have talked to are like, yeah, I didn't know who to ask. It was really intimidating. I've never asked for help before. I didn't know why I needed help. It's really a struggle. And I didn't ask for help for so long. Like, I am that. Yeah. I sat around for a couple of weeks yeah. and, like, I don't know. And then finally was like, well, this is sucking. Like, yeah. I'm sitting around going to three meetings a day and I don't know. I'm not dead. And it was like, you. Can yeah. you be my, you know? So it's it, like, if you can make that process easier at all, I think. You, we're in the right realm. And it doesn't make any sense. You go to a meeting and like, it'll be like, you know, if you're new, get a sponsor. Mm-hmm. But then we don't say anything else about how to do that. You yeah, know? Like, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. What, what is, who's available? Yeah. Like, none of them, again, I grew up in a 12-step world. I knew that I had to have a sponsor. I didn't know quite what I should be looking for except for like somebody maybe that I could identify with. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, like it's helpful to say, hey, if you've been through the twelve steps and had a spiritual, you know, mm-hmm. awakening and have the time and willingness to help somebody, raise your hand. Okay, yeah. new people, there you go. Because then I'm new, and I go, well, there's six guys here, and then for the rest of the meeting, one of those six guys, hopefully, I'm relating to, like you said, and identifying with, and I know they're willing to help. So then it, I've just I've seen in two years since we made that decision to start everyone raising their hand and making that i've seen the group grow as a result of that and then what's cool is that's emphasized from the first meeting they're at yeah oh i need a sponsor yes and these guys are sponsoring and then now it's like a thing sponsorship is a thing and then it, it grows and it grows and it grows and like rep was saying like i I owe it all to God and good sponsorship. That's what he said at the end of the, our talk today. Yeah. And I was like, exactly, dude. Yeah. Like, and so to make that easier is like a no-brainer. That's one of the things that one of your favorite speakers talks about. Can't see out mm-hmm. of uh, where it was Sandusky, Sandusky, Ohio. Yeah. If you guys are listening or you go to like um, speaker tape websites, if you check out Can't See from. Sandusky, Sandusky, Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, but he's talking about, you know, and he gets here and he doesn't know what a sponsor is. He used to play softball. It was the bar that sponsored him. (laughs) Exactly. Right? And so it's like, you you don't, I mean, we just assume that people know what's going on and Mm -hmm. they don't. Yeah. It's our responsibility to make it easy to understand for them and help them out. Yeah. So to me, it's like, okay, that makes a difference. And then those, those guys that come in, get a sponsor, they've been making our group, their home group, and be- because of who's in our home group, sponsorship is hugely emphasized. So then 
the moment that guy's through the work, guess what? The next meeting, his hand is up, ready to sponsor. And it's just like this compounding effect. And it, I don't know. I, I used to not really give a shit about a home group, and I kind of thought it was like a whatever thing. But now that I've found one that it seems to be somewhat healthy, I can't overemphasize how important it is to have that. And and like I go to a, a meeting a week, maybe. Yeah. But it, but it's important to yes. have that. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And same with you is like sometimes I'll hit a couple meetings a week. Sometimes I'll hit three in a week. But like I'm at my home group every Tuesday. That's when I'm there. This week I wasn't there because I was gone for the last two Tuesdays, so I went Thursday. But it's like I make a conscious effort. I'm there once a week. And I I would hate to not be witnessing what's going on there. And it has yeah. nothing to do with me. you know. It's right. just like the program working, which reinforces to me that it'll work for me and other people I work with. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I had another thing that I wanted to comment on about that and about the home group and how it worked, but now I can't remember. Oh, you know, and like... It happens like this, and so I think that God put a very, uh, I think God put a specific message in my heart that made sense to me when I got out of the treatment center in 2012, and Mm -hmm. plus I'd had the experience of what didn't work. And so, um, you know, like when some people were talking about, you know, going off the rails and stuff, I I didn't have any experience with the solution, but that wasn't making sense either. And then I ran into like Ryan in a meeting, Mm -hmm. and what he was saying was making perfect sense and so like the thing about your group working the way it is is if somebody has that message in their heart that that is that of recovery and the 12 steps and getting well then it's there and ready and available for them yeah and if somebody's not ready for that or doesn't want what you guys are having 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 I'm, I'm doing it again then you know then that then that like what's going on there is not going to be attractive or appealing to them right and, and so they're going to be free to just to find out something else that might work for them. Yes. Like it's just the way that it's set up is I'm glad that there's that there, you know, and, and not to say that, um, you know, our sponsors are members of another home group yeah. and that's where I started going to my other meeting, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I think I'll try and hit that big book study there. Um, and they have it. I mean, there's, I'm not trying to say that your group, what I'm trying to say now is your group is not the only group. That oh, absolutely. Has, you know, not. like yeah. I don't want to make it out to anybody no. like that would be listening to make This is the only place. Right. <laughs> right. That's not the case. It's happening all over the place. Absolutely. I'm just familiar with your group and how it works. Yeah. And so that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And what's cool. And Ty always tells me that like uh, AA is a sum of its parts. And so like, it casts a wide net Mm -hmm. and some people might find what they need at a different place. And it looks a lot different than what I found and what I need. But to me, that's both, they're they're both good. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and someone might not be interested in the way you and I are doing the work or the way my home group is or yours, but they are interested in a different approach. And for me, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with all of that. Mm -hmm. And like the beauty of it is, and I, I say this a lot, we were just talking about sponsorship. I say like, if the only way to sponsor was the way I'm doing it, we would be missing a lot of people because mm-hmm. there's way more people that don't want me to sponsor them than yeah. do. Yeah, you that's know what right. I mean? Yeah. So it's like, that's the beauty of this thing is there's like, it's much bigger than just me. It's much bigger than just a one group. It works yeah. all encompassing. And like you're saying, there's plenty of groups that are doing it and some of them are doing it similar to the how you and I or our groups are, some of them are doing it different. 
and like I don't have to be in a place where you're all fucked up. It just might not be for me. Yeah. And I that's how I have found much more peace in my recovery life is like I for a while what really drove me insane was like I was going to groups that weren't doing it Mm -hmm. wanting them to do it differently Mm -hmm. and then leaving frustrated because they're not doing it the same way yeah I I experienced that yeah and it's like what an insane egotistical thing for me to think like I'm gonna go to this group and change how Mm -hmm. they're doing it and I'm really gonna share the message there and it's like those fuckers don't care what I have to say no, so, sit there with a scowl on my face, judging all of them. Yeah. Yeah, and so what, what instead happened was God showed you how to create the fellowship you craved. Yes. You found a group, and you, you joined it, and you contributed what you had, and other members contributed what they have. And well, you and know, now I don't go to these other meetings all the time, pissed, yeah, spewing hate or exuding hate. It's like I just, I don't know, it's much more peaceful life today. It's nice to have that that home base though like yes. that's why we have a home group yeah like I'm, same thing like uh i always felt somewhat and i still do sometimes feel out of place at you know sometimes at aa meetings because just so all my late stage stuff was with opiates and, and so like at, at daa i can really feel like i can share my whole whole story and i just feel oh, I, I usually don't say the fellowship's name oh well and uh, i'm not affiliated with them in any way and uh, anyway and you so, are da <laughs> i'm just kidding and uh and uh so like I, I that's like my home base and where i can just you know be myself and fortunately our, our group shares the same philosophy about mm-hmm. you know how to go through the work and stuff like that and because what i you know the problem was is okay i have a problem you know fitting in in the first place or feeling like i fit in i'm a good chameleon and i can fit in, in a lot of places right but i never feel like i'm fitting in right mm-hmm. and so like then i get sober and i go to these meetings and i still don't feel like i'm fitting in and what the problem was is rather than creating the fellowship i crave and being part of the solution i would do what you talked about and i would go to these meetings and curse them for doing it wrong mm-hmm. which only then separated me further and yes. like i don't like i blamed other people that i didn't feel like i fit in right and it's not their fault I didn't feel like I fit in. Yeah. It's my responsibility. And and I, the beauty of a home group is like for me I go if I go to other meetings, I go to my home group once a week and then if I go to another meeting during the week it's always not my home group. Mm-hmm. I yeah. only go to other groups. Yeah. And the beauty of that is like because I have a place where I feel like I fit in and I'm a part of and we're I don't I don't feel so isolated in the other place. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? I don't feel like I have to change what you're doing. Yeah, because I already have it. I've got my thing, Yeah, right? And now I'm here to share my thing with you folks. And, and hear the, your thing to me. Yeah. And then, like, I don't have to... Because, like, if I go to three meetings, one's a home group, the other two are two different meetings at two different places that yeah. I'll go to. And I don't... I'm not sitting there comparing or thinking... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah... Even if they're doing it differently, I still have my thing. So it's like this comfort thing of like, I can just be there and present and not hate everything. Yeah. Because I'm desperate to find a place. Yeah. I have that place. So it like, it like, paradoxical, like it works. It makes all the difference. Yeah. So 
who would have thought that I would be a proponent of a home group? Because for a while I was like, fuck that, yeah. dude. Like, who cares? Yeah. You know, I don't need that. I have a, <laughs> I'm a member of all the groups or yeah. whatever Kent C says. Yeah. All the groups are my home group. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 If you haven't checked, if you've never heard of him, listen to that speaker tape. That is, he has dozens, I think, but yeah, he he's my favorite speaker. Yeah. yeah by far. I enjoy him. I listened to that one. I think it was Jeff who gave it to me and it was in my it was a CD and it was in my CD player for like a year straight from Fellowship of the Spirit. Yeah. yeah. And Megan would get in my car and be like this again yeah. and it's like it it's never not on. Yeah. I listened to it for like a year. So my favorite one he explained the way drinking works in that one for him versus other people and he talks about his lawn his neighbor mowing the yard mm-hmm. and he gets off his lawnmower and he's got a chest full of beer and he goes and he has one and his thirst is quenched yeah <laughs> right and that's just a foreign fucking concept yeah think somebody could have a beer in, in the hot summer sun and their thirst be quenched because we have a beer in the hot summer sun and yeah <laughs> it's like just, you'll be getting me out of county next yeah. week on tuesday <laughs> like, yeah lawnmower still sitting <laughs> in the same spot yeah <laughs> yeah yeah he's the best so all right, we're over. We're at an hour now, we're, so we fucking I, crushed it again. I was in the time warp this time. Yeah, that I mean, was the fast. time warp happens, but it really happened this time. It did. So we have an Instagram, right? Recovered AF Podcast. Is that right? Yeah, Kyle's gonna send some photos from Steamboat next week. Oh, I should post one. We were we were in it. Post the one with Rat. Dude. Yeah, when we uh when you upload this this afternoon, post we, it. We were in an institution of higher learning. learning. Yeah. With Rhett, who's well-educated, smart man. From the fucking, from the joint to a doctorate <laughs> Yeah, dude. His story's amazing, so. But yeah, so we have an Instagram. Yeah. You'll post that, and then I'll yeah. post some shit of me shredding it up in Steamboat. Recovered AF Podcast. And then a Gmail is Recovered AF Podcast at Gmail. So we get some Gmails, or go leave a comment. Yeah, a five-star review and a comment. Five-star review and a comment. About, I can't really see those fellas but Aaron sounds like a handsome man. Kyle's got a face for radio. And and also <laughs> and also maybe wave uh you guys should get involved in the Doors versus the yeah, Beach Boys debate. I would really like to know about that. Because look, I know that it's 60s, but I'm telling you musical talent Brian Wilson Jim Morrison and could not press stop now. Could not hold <laughs> yeah. his Musical jock strap. Yeah, but the Doors is more than just Jim Morrison. The Doors are legendary, dude. They're like, uh, they're not mainstream though. I get it. You're, it'd be like, um, I literally listen to no music that's on the radio, so I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, right. You'd love the radio, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, get involved. Let us know. Doors are Beach Boys. That's the real debate. <laughs> Email us. We can also debate, if we really want to, Aaron's handsomeness to mine. <laughs> Remember, I'm probably 20 years younger, yeah, and you I have act to, 50 years younger. You so. have to take that into account. There's got to be some <laughs> handicapping. Yeah. <laughs> you might win, dude. You're much more handsome than oh I am. God. All right, I'm done. I'm pressing stop. <laughs>